and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. He has to produce something in us. Are you alive? Listen, this is important tonight, I feel like, because in order for us to step into God's promises and God's purposes, I believe he's trying to produce something in us. Where we come into rooms like this and we pour out our hearts. And like Sunday morning is very strategic, right? We're inviting people in, but I believe there's something about Sunday night where God is birthing a place where we can burn with passion and desire and believe Him for more. Like to really go all the way fully in and to really talk about certain things that maybe a Sunday morning is like, that's too much. But I believe like Sunday night is a space where we can corporately, regionally believe for God to transform us. Like, we, we, we've heard about revivals, you've heard about Azusa, you've heard about all these different moves of God, the Welsh revival where the glory of God comes into a region and it transforms a region. It's not just people going to churches and churches growing, that's good, but it's strip clubs closing down, it's people leaving addiction, it's like, it's like sports arenas being transformed and shutting down because the glory of God has come. And I believe that he is producing that in a people. Like we long, we desire, this is what we, this is our heart cry. The heart cry of the bride is not just, let's continue to build it. Like we want to build, but it has to be unto something. And it's unto this. It's unto the glory of God resting on a place in such a way that we are transformed forevermore. The Bible says this, that when God comes, there will be a, a corporate cry and it will be this, Come. The spirit and the bride, which is us, we are going to harmonize and there will be one message. The message won't be healing. The message won't be more of this or more of that. It won't be prosperity. The cry of the church, which is us, will be come. Will you come? We've had church. We've had this. We've had that. But we long for you to come. (laughs) And I, I really believe that he's wanting to entrust the people. Like, I just, I felt that during worship. I just kept saying, Jesus, would you just trust us with more? Would you make us hungry and desperate? Well, we're not moved by what we see, but like, would you just give us your words and give us the courage and the boldness to go? That's what the six o'clock was about for us. It was like, God, we hear your voice. We're just going to go. And then I got into the room and we started contending. And I'm like, there, this is why we're here. <laughs> it's like... God is birthing something in this place. And I believe that it starts with him releasing his word. Like carrying the word of the Lord means we have to receive the word of the Lord. You you understand this? In order for us to carry that, there must, like in order for for a woman to carry child, there must be something for them to carry. Like there's, there's a process there. We don't have to go into the process. But there's a process. Something is deposited into the other person. And now they are carrying something. And I felt faith in my heart tonight, man. We're going to end tonight with praying for revival. But, but I had faith in my heart well up where God's like, my wife said it, the eyes of the Lord are looking for something. He's looking for something. And it's not for the next new trend, the next new thing. He is looking for a people whose hearts are fully committed to them. And his promise over those people is that he will come and he will strengthen them. That word strengthening is, strengthening is powerful because it's, an, it, it's something that happens on the inside. We think of strengthening as like lifting weights and that's good. But like listen, part of what God has called us to do is to participate in what he's doing. 
Participation is required. It's like you can't just come to church and be in the midst of the activity and expect transformation to happen. It'd be like me walking in the crunch and saying, I'm just going to spend an hour here watching all the people. And I'm going to get a six-pack. It don't work that way. Like in order for you to receive the fruit of what you're believing for, there has to be participation. And so part of what I want to invite you in today is I want you to understand that Matthew 4, 4 says this. Man does not live by bread alone, but he lives, he receives life by every word. Say every word. By every word that proceeds, that comes from the mouth of God. So we have to establish a premise here on Sunday nights that God is speaking. He's releasing his word to a people and he's wondering, what are you going to do with what I am releasing to you? I meant like, I thought I was thinking about this during worship. I really, I care, but I really don't because like when I come here on Sundays, it's like it's my party with Jesus and you just get invited to it. I'm just inviting you to my little party with Jesus. And if you don't like it, it's okay because it's my party with Jesus. You just got to be a part of it. But, but, I, but I felt that, like, I, I, we talked about this last week, the Lord releasing seed. Like, he's releasing words, dreams, desires, passions. And he's watching to see what will a people do with what I am releasing to them. And so, like, in 1 Samuel, you see a woman named Hannah. And you see that there was a woman who was desperate for a child. And what you see in the story of Hannah is God used the situation to produce something in her. And I want you to understand because I, I feel like this is what God wants to do in us tonight. Some of us, we've been, we've been hearing the message of revival, of transformation, of the more of God, all of this. And we've almost, it's like it gets, some, sometimes it can, you can grow weary in the waiting because you're like, God, when is it going to happen? But I want to encourage us that the waiting, like the contending, it's unto producing something in us. And in, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, we get invited into a glimpse of what he was producing in this woman. And she begins to pray, and what she does is she makes a vow. She goes into covenant. This morning I talked about God going into covenant with Abraham. I want to talk about what happens when we go into covenant with God. And what, what happens when God produces something in us that says, God, what you give me is yours. So she makes a vow. And she, she says this, Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly, so she was moved. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's army, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign he has been dedicated, his hair will never be cut. And as she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched. Eli was a priest. He saw her lips moving, but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. So you got a picture. Like she was in such a deep place of anguish, he thought she's drunk. And so he came and he says, must you come here drunk? He demanded, throw away your wine. She responds, verse 15, oh no, sir, she replied, I have not been drinking wine, but I'm very discouraged. I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think that I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of deep anguish and sorrow. Then he says this, in that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant your request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. And she went back and she began to eat and she was no longer sad. I want you to see, there's a woman who has a need, a desire for us. We're talking about transformation, all of these things that we're believing for. And she comes and she says, listen, if you give me that desire, I'm going to give it right back to you. I believe this is what God is wanting to produce in a people. For far too long, every move of God, the glory has rested upon a person. 
And I believe what God is looking for is the people that say, you can trust me because you know when you give it to me, all I'm going to do is give it right back. The glory, the honor, the praise, the adoration, it's all going to go back to you. So, so the prophet comes and accuses her of being drunk. She says, I'm not drunk. I'm, I'm in a place of pain. And he says, go in peace. And she goes. But I love it because nothing externally changed in her, in her life in that moment. It's like in that moment, it's not like something automatically sprung up on the inside of her. Well, what, what allowed her to go in peace is she had received a word. And now she had to choose, am I going to believe that word? Are you with me? Am I going to believe that word? And what am I going to do with what I have received? And I think this is important. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing, right? And hearing the word of who? Faith comes by hearing. So God is speaking, but we, we must have ears to hear and receive that word. John, John 15 talks about what? If my words are at home in your heart. It talks about the word of the Lord coming. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, John 15, 7. So what is he saying? Listen, I want to release my words to you, my promises to you. Everything I want to accomplish in Tampa, I want to release it to you. You. But I want that word to find home in your heart. How many of you know there's, there, home means something. You can go somewhere that's comfortable, it's luxurious, it's great, but it's still not home. And what God is looking for is a people that they will make his word home in their hearts. In order for his word to be home, that means something's got to go. It's like some unbelief, some lack of faith, some discouragement, some, some past, all of these things that attach themselves to us. I believe God is saying, will you remove it so my word has a place to reside? I have faith for this in my heart. Like I have faith that God, like when, I, when I, I believe, like I feel like sometimes he's looking at me. It's like he's testing us. Like what are you going to do when things don't always pan out? And it has nothing to do with even the church. Just as I'm navigating in life, how many of you know we all have ideas of how things are going to play out? And when we receive that word, there's a responsibility. Can I just give you some practical things? Like, I just want to give you some practical things to do when you receive the word of the Lord. Like, when God gives you a word, I believe the first and foremost thing we must do is we must pray that word back to God. We must go into our place of prayer, and we must wrestle, and we must proclaim to God what he has proclaimed to us. Like, we've got to find this, this is prayer, right? It's a rhythm of us releasing to God what he has released to us, but it's got to become the fuel, are you alive? It's got to become the fuel for us in the place where we begin to go back and forth. He releases to us and we release to him and we do not let go. We begin like we are a house of prayer and part of why we transition this way is we believe that the Bible talks about there being a bowl full of prayers of the saints. And that bowl tipping, I believe it is our mandate as a house to continue to deposit into that bowl. But they're not just prayers, they're not just these whimsical like, oh, I hope. Like, we become activated in faith when we hear his word and we declare to him what he has declared to us. You know this. We can pray with confidence for transformation over the region, for lives to be transformed, for sicknesses to leave because we know it is his will. And so I, I believe, like, for us, it's, it's, it's like... It's like we've taken a pregnancy test. How many of you know like when you're in the process 
of, 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 of having a child, there's this moment where, like, you're, you're wondering if you're pregnant. And how many of you know, you, when you take that test, if there's one line, everything goes as normal. But the moment that second line appears, everything changes. <laughs> like, the baby's not here yet. Like, I remember when we first started, like, the second line, when the second line was on the stick, everything changed. It's like Judah wasn't here. There was still a nine-month process before he came. But the moment the line appeared, I was now a father. I didn't become a father when Judah was born. It was my responsibility to prepare myself for his coming from that day forward. So, so I, I'm telling you today, like, there has to be a preparation for us. There has to be a place, like, I believe some of the emotion we're feeling when we begin to intercede is God is preparing. He is preparing us. So we receive that word and we pray that word. We take it into the inner room. But the Bible talks about us going into the inner room and closing the door and praying that thing. And coming into agreement. What does prayer do? It dismantles every negative agreement that the enemy tries to put on you. It releases the right agreements. How many of you know your words have power? Come on, there's a whole chapter in the Bible about the power of words. Why? Because our words create realities. So we come into the place of prayer and we begin to pray to God. We receive his words and through the rhythm of prayer, he purifies the promise. And once we receive that word, what God does is he invites us into greater levels of faith. I felt that in the room. I felt more faith tonight for revival than I did this morning. He comes and he releases that word, but that word comes with a responsibility to change the way you speak. We see this in Matthew. I want to go there for a second. Are you with me? Good. Man, I'm, I'm flying through this. Yeah. Matthew 16. <laughs> I'm like so, I'm so desiring to get to the end to pray. But I got to give you this. I, I just, Matthew 16, later they crossed to the other side of the lake. The disciples discovered they had forgotten to bring bread. And Jesus speaks to them. So they forgot the bread. Jesus says, watch out. Say, watch out. Say it again, watch out. Jesus warned them, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they're like, what? At this they began to argue with each other because they had not brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying. He says, you have so little faith. Why are you arguing with each other about having no bread? Don't you even understand yet? That's what the Lord is wanting to release to us, understanding. Understanding revelation of the ways his kingdom operates. Don't you remember the 5,000 I fed with the five loaves and the baskets you picked up? Or the 4,000 I fed with the seven loaves and the large baskets of leftover you picked up? Why can't you understand I'm not talking about bread? So again, I say to you, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then at last they understood he wasn't speaking about yeast and bread, but about the deceptive teachings. What, 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 is the, what is the principle there? Jesus says, you have so little faith, and then he brings them in to remembering the experiences he had had. It was like once they had received the revelation that he was the giver of bread, we were no longer like, it was illegal for us to now question, where's my bread going to come from? You see this? Like, it was illegal for them, and I feel like for some of us, we are warring against the promises of God in our life through our words. Hear me. 
Hear me, if your words create realities and if they shape culture and they shape what you see, then your very words are creating something. And if they're not creating life, they're creating So when you receive the word of the Lord, you begin to pray that word. And as you pray that Lord, that word, it purifies the word. It gives you faith in your heart. But it's not just enough to pray it. You've got to change the way you engage with your words according to that word. So it's like when God spoke to me, when God speaks something to me, it's not that I go back in the place of prayer and I ask God for what he's already promised me. It's a shift. Like, God, I thank you for what you have given me. Even before I see it. I remember when, when, when Destiny was pregnant with Judah, she, there was a moment where we thought we were going to lose Judah. It was bad. And we, 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 we became very fearful. We had had two miscarriages. And we called my father-in-law. And you know what he didn't do? He didn't just rebuke the situation. He began to speak life over her womb. I'll never forget, man. He said, immediately, put the phone on speakerphone. And he began to speak life over my son Judah. And by the time we got to the hospital, they're like, we don't know what happened. But you can be assured something was happening. But the principles there, the power of words. When we receive a word of the Lord and we begin to speak, we begin to pray according to what he spoke and not according to what we see. Some of us are being robbed from the very promises of God because we're, we're declaring words according to what we see and not according to what's truth. I don't got time to, I don't got time to hear it because I, I know what he said. So, like, I don't got time to be moved by external circumstances or pressure because I know what he said so I can stand on truth. Amen? Amen. So we pray it, we change the way we speak, and we begin to make adjustments in our life according to the word. I believe the word sets the plumb line, right? Like, when God speaks to us, we begin to change, we begin to prepare to be able to receive. So, like... In the natural, when God is going, when something is going to be birthed, once the conception happens, that thing is coming in nine months, whether you prepare for it or not. It don't matter. Like it's it's coming out, but 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 in the spirit, it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work. Like it doesn't work that way. Sometimes I, I hear people sharing God dreams with me, and they're like, "Well, well it'll happen when it happens." Well, it really won't. Because God is a good steward in every circumstance. In every circumstance, God is a good steward. So I want to say to you, when you receive the seed, when he says that word, like life comes from hearing his words, that, that life, that seed comes with a responsibility for you to prepare yourself to receive what he's speaking to you. I don't know what that looks like tangibly, but I know in my life, as I've been following him, there have had to be many adjustments. There was a season in my life where I first became a Christian. I was a drug addict. I cared a lot about what people thought. And then God says something to me like, I want you to move to Africa. And everybody thinks you're crazy. And then you got to stop caring what people think. And then God takes you from Mexico. And then he brings you to Lithia. And then you really got to stop thinking. Well, got to really stop. Like, listen, even some of our staff people are like, bro, are you sure? Have you looked? There's cows next door. Like when, when God speaks to you, there's a, prep, there's a dying, there is a dying of the old, and I'm not talking about the sin nature. John 15 talks about a pruning, right? It talks about a pruning of like there were things that once were good things that God is pruning in us. And sometimes we look back at old seasons and we begin to grieve and we begin to feel like, but we have to have faith as a people that our best days are ahead of us. 
Like, listen, as a church, I believe our best days are ahead of us. I believe that what God did over the last year to this body was a beautiful pruning to solidify who God has called us to always be. A house of prayer, a hub, a school. Like, I believe tonight we got a glimpse of what it looked like to have a praying church. We tried to separate them for a season, like, what, are we a house of prayer, are we a church? And then God began to speak to us about being a praying church. Where we begin to, and even in worship, enter into moments of intercession. Where we begin to release the word of the Lord and there's this tandem expression. Where he's releasing to us and we're receiving and we're releasing back to him. And I think what, what he's really asking is like, will you receive my word and not change the subject? You know, like in a world that is consistently moved, like I, could, I was crazy. I ordered something on Amazon the other day, and they were like, if you pay an extra $2, you can get it in like 30 minutes. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> it's like, I don't even need it that quick. Like, I don't, it just, I don't know. It's strange. It's like, if you pay $2, we'll deliver between 3 a.m. and 7. Who's doing that? Who's that guy? But, 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 but in a world, it's Tyler. Tyler's the one doing it. He's waiting until 3. In a world that's moving so fast, the tendency is to lose a value for waiting. We lose a value. Like the moment God speaks to us, if we don't see the fruition of that promise... In three milliseconds, we're like, well, then it must have not been God. It must, it must have not been God. Like, I just, because everything has to happen. And I, I believe that God, through waiting and through perseverance, it's like, how many of you know God spoke to Noah? And he says, Noah, a flood is coming. And Noah's like, it's, gonna, it's never rained. Noah's like, rain is coming. And they're like, this fool's crazy. And for a hundred years, he's just, rain is coming. He's building a boat. And there's like, there's crazy Noah building his freaking boat for the water that's supposed to fall from the sky. And for a hundred years, he held fast to the word of the Lord. How many of you know he, him and his family were thankful when the rain came? That he didn't change the subject. Sometimes, like, God gives Israel a promise of deliverance. There's 10 plagues that come and the deliverance happens and they're walking into promise. But the very next step is what? The Red Sea. It's an impossibility. God gives Joseph a dream. He says, I'm going to make you a great, I'm going to do great things through you. He shares the dream. The next step is a pit followed by a jail cell. I'm not prophesying negativity. I'm just saying sometimes the process and the fruition of a dream is difficult but we have to hold fast. We can't change the subject. We've got to believe that every word that he's spoken has the ability, the capability to be accomplished through him. Not through us, through him. Through a yielded, surrendered people that refuse to let go. They refuse to let go. And like one of the things I've been praying for us is that God would produce a desperation. Like that God would produce a desperation. It's like, I feel like sometimes we're moved by all the wrong things. This is the PM crowd, right? Can I talk to you guys? Some, sometimes we're moved by the wrong things. It's like there are, 
we're, we're excited about things that don't bring life. And it's like we feel like there's more God when there's more, there's all of these things that are attached. And sometimes, if I'm being honest, I believe what God is looking for is he's producing a people that are so desperate for him that they're like, my whole life is yours. The word said about Samuel that Samuel became a person that spoke the word of the Lord. And every, like the Lord, it says this, the Lord didn't let one of Samuel's words fall to the ground. Think about that. The Lord did not let one word from Samuel's mouth fall to the ground. But I believe that type of lifestyle has to start with a Hannah that says, oh, it's yours. It can't be mixed waters. It can't like, I believe, we talked about this morning, every dream, you got to go back and listen. Every dream that God has given you, I believe God wants to accomplish it. But it all has to be yielded and surrendered to him. Like, I'm just not going to let go of a dream. And the belief that God wants to rock this region. I'm glad that these are the TRP, the Tampa campus pastors, and they're, they're believing for the same thing. I talked to their senior leader, like, we want to build campuses, we want to grow, but at the end of the day, we want to see sex trafficking ended. We want to see sickness cease. Like, I don't want to read stories, and I, I want my own story. Like, I, I, why, why did we go to Africa? I got tired of hearing about other people's Jesus stories. I just got tired of it. And, like, where I'm at today is, like, I'm tired of reading about revivals. I'm, I'm tired about, like, watching videos from the 90s about Brownsville. I just want to see it. Like, I just, I just want, I don't care if it's just me and four people in a room. I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to let go of what he says because I know that his word, it brings life. And what he's producing in a people, like this is, gonna, this is going to require us keeping our eyes up. It's going to require that because the tendency is when we look around is we want to maneuver and we want to make things happen. But when our eyes are up, everything we do is according to what he says. Every move we make is according to what he's doing. And it frees us. It frees us to love him well. It frees us. You know, I was so wrecked by this. There were three people in the Old Testament that were called friends of God. How many of you want to be a friend of God? Three people in the Old Testament that were called friends of God. It was Abraham, Moses, and David. You know that every single person who he called friend he went into covenant with? What does that speak to us as a people? When we enter, like many of us, we're still living as slaves. But when you enter into friendship with God, what's immediately available to us is covenant. Immediately, and covenant binds us. It binds us to the person of Jesus. So I, I want to, yeah, I want to pray. Will you help me, bro? Can we pray together? I just want to like, I wanted to, to seal this service in the place of prayer. I want to spend, just spend a few minutes praying. 
praying that God would produce something in us and through us. I just want to say, man, if God, if God led you to this service tonight, I believe that it's significant. There are people in this room that are like, man, I, maybe I should have gone to the AM. I don't know about the whole revival stuff. <laughs> I, I believe that God is positioning us. And if you're here, it's not by happenstance. It's like God is he's wanting to birth something through you. So I'm just, I'm just going to yield for just a moment. And I want to invite you into that place. And I want to take maybe 10, 15 minutes of just entering into prayer. Even right now, can you just begin to just release? This is why we're here, Lord. We're here because we believe every word you've said. Father, help us tonight to position ourselves. Jesus, would you produce in us a people? If faith comes by hearing, Father, then give us ears to hear. Just a little bit longer. We're about to enter in together into a moment of intercession, but just. Oh, Jesus. Every word that's been spoken over this region, God, we want to step into that. person in this room, the dreams, the desires, the passions, the giftings. Father, let them go to full fruition, but let, it, let them have the heart of Hannah. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. Even as the, as the leaders here, we say this church is yours. It's yours. They're your people. strength in the church of Tampa Bay. 
let us harmonize. Come, 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 Lord. You're our desire. You're our pursuit. You're the one we long for. Would you strip away every lesser lover? faith into every heart to trust you on the journey
to desperation, God. Oh, Lord, like Hannah, that we would be desperate for you, Jesus. That we would hold on to your word. That we would hold on to the word, God. That your church would be moved to compassion again. That we would feel, God. That we wouldn't run from the feeling. We want to know what you're feeling, Jesus. That you would give us the gift of tears, God. A holy desperation. To see your promises come to fruition, God. I don't care if it's a 20-year-old promise. We don't let go, God. We don't let go. Faith, God, faith, faith, faith. For a region, God. Not just for ourselves, God, but for a region, Lord. Oh, we're going after regional transformation. Oh, that it wouldn't be about a person. a deep conviction in us to not change the subject or to tone down the message. Your promises are big. They're bold. They're audacious. And we're not going to tone the message down because we don't see it. We're going to contend and we're going to hold fast. trust to what you feel. Hold him to his word. Hold him to his word for your families, for your finances, for your ministries, for your dreams. Father, I pray an expansion, an expansion, faith,
Wash away, Lord. Come on, just let it go. Father, we ask for a release, a release of your gifts to begin to flow from your people, from a place of love. Let your word find a home in our hearts, God. Help us to love you well.